am Frank the Friendly Something Cinematic Robot. Do you enjoy the show? Please leave a star rating and review on iTunes and tell your friends to subscribe on iTunes and our website. Otherwise, I, Frank the Friendly Robot, will be very sad. Thank you for listening. Now here's George and Mike with the show. Yay! Something Cinematic, the film and television podcast where we talk about what we've been watching. This is episode number 27, and I'm George, sitting here with my co-host, Mike. How you doing? Alright, so uh, we haven't recorded in about a month, but uh, figured we had, we'd uh, put an episode out there. This week we're going to talk about a couple of Marvel movies, but before we do that, we're going to finally settle our Oscar wager. So, uh, Mike, you want to explain the wager again? Sure. Uh, every year, we pick the winners of the uh, different awards at the Academy Awards, mm-hmm. and every year I win. <laughs> so, the loser has to review a movie of the winner's choosing. Yeah. Now, last year, if you're all familiar with the uh, the show, I made George watch, uh, what was it, Baby... Super Babies. Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I admit that was kind of mean. Uh-huh. I uh, I felt very, bad about it. That was very mean. Uh, it's not okay to just throw someone into the middle of an established franchise like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I thought I would take the opportunity this year, after my inevitable victory, uh-huh. to rectify that. Well, it was a little bit closer this uh-huh. year. Last year, last year did totally, totally did uh, kick my ass. All right, you know, but uh, you definitely but earned close. the second place prize. In this <laughs> one. Right. So uh, I this year I asked George to watch the original film, Uh the film that started it all, right? Baby Geniuses. Yep, yep. So I watched Baby Geniuses, um, and I uh, what I actually did during this movie was I I took a few notes. You know, and I never do that during movies. Like I like to just actually sit there and watch Mm -hmm. it. You know, but you were so moved by this one. (laughs) No, I just I guess because. I figured that by the end of the movie, I would want to have forgotten everything I just seen, uh, you know, and I would I would have tried. You're you know, just like, gonna start drinking so, right when it ended. Right. So I figured take a few notes so I can remember exactly what it was I just watched. Uh, uh, but uh, the funny thing is, like, so I started reviewing this. Like, I, I started watching it, and the very first thing that I put like five minutes into the movie was "I hate you, Mike." <laughs> uh, but Mike is the villain. <laughs> if I'm sure. Uh, yeah, okay, so Baby Geniuses is a 1999 movie. I can't remember who it was directed by, <laughs> uh, but it has a lot of familiar faces. I was actually kind of surprised of all the people, you know, all the people that were in this. Right, I mean, traditionally the first film is better than the sequel. So, yeah. I mean, they, they had to go, they had to, like, scratch the bottom of the barrel, get your John Voights of the world uh-huh. for the sequel. Now, but this is the A-list cast of the first one. Yes. Who is it star? Uh, Kathleen Turner, Kim Cattrall... Kim Cattrall, uh, I bet. Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise? <laughs> Crystal Lloyd. No, he's not. But this is 1999, so... Uh-huh. 
you know, 14 years ago. So I'm sure that was pretty emotional for you. <laughs> right. Something like that. Uh, so Christopher Lloyd also is in this. Back to the Future. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess what I was thinking is that this probably has to be the lowest point of all these people's careers. <laughs> <laughs> and just um, an A-list, ca- uh, uh, an all-star cast of A-list babies. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, sh- all right. So I can't really remember what the movie was about. But it was about, uh, who was the character? There was a woman. Who was trying to steal the babies, and she was doing like experiments on them because she just knew knew that they knew like they 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 understand they understood what they were talking about like mm-hmm. when they talked to each other like she said she was th- saying that baby talk is an actual language and she's trying to figure it out you know yeah. and and I guess there's like a certain point where a baby gets to where they finally learn how to talk or something. And and that's the point where they forget everything that's happened to them during their childhood, and they become adults, so they become stupid, pretty much. You know ah. what I'm so they're baby gene, they're, ge- they're so all geniuses when they're babies, but once they finally become toddlers, I guess, uh-huh. like that's a turning point for them, and they just become regular stupid people. <laughs> um, that's I think, an interesting lore. I guess I don't know. Anyway, so a lot of stuff happened, and uh, there's a really interesting part in in the movie though. Alright, so the main baby genius during uh, the process of escaping from this, from captivity, he ends up murdering a homeless man. What? Yes. So let me say that again. He's a good baby. (laughs) Yes, he's a good baby. Let me say that again. The main baby genius murdered a homeless man. How did he murder a homeless man? With a bar of soap. And this is funny because, like, I was actually, like, I, I, I was watching the first half of the movie, and then the guys wanted to play basketball. Mm. They were like, come over here. I'm like, I'm watching Baby Geniuses. I can't, I can't come with, over to play basketball. And, and they were like, like, are you kidding me? Just come watch the movie. And I took the movie over there, and I watched the, the rest of it, and they were actually watching with me. So Alan Fuller were watching with me, and we were just getting a kick out of it. Uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah, we were just totally. Great party movie. This is incredible. Like, he, he kills a homeless man. And then he celebrated by smoking a cigar, jumping into a stroller, <laughs> and asking a girl baby to take clothes off. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, seriously, you have to see it to believe. I gotta it. tell you, this movie sounds pretty good. <laughs> I feel like you should be uh, thanking me at this point. Yeah, so that's like probably the part I remember the most of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, but it wasn't as good as the as part two. I gotta say. It wasn't as good as no, the sequel? No, it wasn't as good as the sequel. Ah. I think the sequel was definitely better. So after the massive success of the first one, they were able to bring in top Hollywood writers right. and obviously top Hollywood talent. Exactly. Yeah. In all regards and to coming in and flesh this thing out. <laughs> yeah, this, so, so the second part was definitely the Empire Strikes Back of the franchise. You know, maybe I was looking at it wrong. Uh-huh. Because this is a superhero movie, Yeah. traditionally superhero movies are the inverse you have the right. first movie that's there to establish them, and the second movie is there when they actually kind of get to let loose now that you know what their powers are. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, I, yeah. And this sense. does fit into the overall superhero theme of our show today. Yeah, I guess it does. I, I guess. So, yeah. So, at least there, I got something out of it and had a few good laughs, so. So, overall, would you is this like a buy it, a rent it, or a skip it? <laughs> uh, skip it, please. Ugh. Avoid it at all costs. Unless you have kids, and I'm sorry, first of all, you have kids, but then maybe the kids might like this, so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank God that's over. All right, so 
moving on, Mike, you really wanted to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man. Well, I wanted to talk about it because uh, I, I noticed you watched it because you posted on our Twitter account, yeah, which you can find at Some Cinema mm-hmm. on Twitter, that you had, you had just recently seen it and you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and you wrote some things down that I almost entirely disagree with. Uh-huh. Uh, so I watched the movie, and uh, I uh, I came down feeling the exact opposite, I suppose. Right. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by, right. by so your the, tweets. The Amazing yeah. Spider-Man, if you aren't familiar, that is the reboot of the Spider-Man franchise directed by Mark Webb, the director of 500 Days of Summer. Uh, mm-hmm. This is his second feature film. He's yeah. a music video director, mm-hmm. a commercial music video director, starring Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone as the main characters. Uh, what's the name of the uh, the villain? I forget his name. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce his Rice name. Rice Iffins. Rice Iffins, yeah. He was in Notting Hill. Uh-huh. He was uh, the, the voiceover for Banksy documentary through, uh, through the gift shop. Really? Through the gift shop, yeah. I did not know that. Huh. Yeah, he's a well-known British actor. Yeah. So I went into this movie with pretty high expectations. It felt, you know, reboot, excitement, Mark uh-huh. Webb. I was a big fan of 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. And uh, I came out of it feeling like it was a huge waste of time. I have no idea why this movie was made other than to try and cash in on uh, a potential, you know, down the road. You want to reestablish the character so you can just start making more money from right. it. I saw nothing of value in this hmm. film. Hmm. It was very pretty. And that's yeah. what I wrote in as much on, on Twitter. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it's a gorgeous-looking film. Yeah, it looks really slick. Everything is really well done. I'm not a huge fan of all the CG they used. Yeah, uh, it looked a little fake, but I mean, yeah. it's understandable when you're when you're going to have Spider-Man flipping through the, the city. Yep, there's a certain degree that I'll grant it. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked awesome. It's filled with beautiful people. Everyone in it is a you know in their early 20s and um, handsome and all the women are gorgeous and yeah, they're all Sally in high school. Sally just like super hot. And she's pretty, yeah, she's pretty yeah, dope. Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was empty. It felt like there was nothing to it. The, the characters didn't have depth and it, really? to substitute huh. any, any character development or real depth, yeah. they just had brooding. They had, you know, Emma Stone the entire time was just giddy and infatuated with, <laughs> with uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And she didn't really do anything other than that. Mm-hmm. And all he did throughout the entire movie was just brood and kind of look down and shoegaze and yeah. that that's supposed <laughs> to be how he represents his character as being you know introspective and intelligent and whatnot. I felt like he didn't really do anything. It just relied on the chemistry between their lead actors uh-huh. and her fawning over him and his brooding. And yeah. I could understand why she would fawn over him. He's a handsome guy, and a, yeah. I, I guess I don't understand why he would brood. I mean, he's supposed to be a nerdy character, but he's like this super handsome, cool, smart tall, guy. In school. Tall, handsome guy. Yeah. yeah, who the popular girl like immediately likes. Yeah. So I don't see. <laughs> I I, yeah. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't. None of this film made sense to me. Like, why even have it? Mm. Well, I guess what I thought as far as why they did it was maybe that they were going to eventually tie it into some the Avengers right. somehow down the road. You right, know? which is what I mean. You want to like, hey, get the new young guy in there. Yeah. And, you know. Which would have made sense if they actually did that. But I don't think there was any connection Well, they, they can't do it now because mm-hmm. uh, Sony owns the right to Spider-Man and Marvel owns the rights to all the other characters. Oh, so okay. just unless they can, it, it's going to be an I issue. I would imagine that this is something that they wouldn't, you know, they, I they know. I know they've had talks about it. Yeah. But I mean, both of them. It, it, it's going to come down to money. So mm. who, who gets what percentage of the money? Mm. If Sony wants fifty percent, and they don't, and Marvel thinks that's ludicrous because they're giving yeah. you know ten percent. Spider Man's not worth that much. 
uh, mm. especially if the movie wasn't that great. Yeah. So See, I, I, I don't know. I, I actually I liked it a, more than you did. Obviously, no. yeah, it has a ton of problems. It really does. Mm. Like I, I agree with you as far as I don't know, like some of the character relationships seemed a little bit forced, and mm. like you, they never really got to earn any of that stuff. Like with uh, Emma Stone, mm-hmm. like you said that she didn't really have anything to do. Yeah, I you know she. She didn't, I guess. I'm never. Been, I'm not a huge Emma Stone fan. I'm a huge Emma See, Stone fan. See, I like fan. her. I liked her, uh, but I'm just not. Like, I just don't love her like a lot of people do, I guess. Yeah. And so, like when you had said before that you that you thought that they totally underutilize her. Yeah. Now, now are you saying that they underutilized the character itself for the story, or that they just underused Emma Stone the star? I feel like they underuse Emma Stone. Have you seen like Easy A? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought she was great in that movie. Like yeah, she's she someone was, who can yeah. carry a movie. She's smart, funny, mm-hmm. charismatic, like really charismatic as an actress. Mm-hmm. And all they have her doing is just kind of fawning and giggling and like right. a little, you know caricature of a Japanese schoolgirl like covering her mouth and eh. right but I mean for what it's worth it's not like she I mean she was nominated like they for an Oscar cast... right for, for the help I think yeah like, was she but I just don't either way it's not like she's like this great actress like everything she does is kind of like you know it's like not there's not a lot of depth involved in I totally characters. disagree really like what, what else is she been she Superbad is, Zombieland she is a young leading lady and they put her in this role that they could have put any random 19 year old girl from any WB show I mean the, the mm-hmm. character had nothing to do she wasn't charismatic in any way in the role so why would you have her there if you know you have someone that yeah. good, like expand the role. Yeah, I where guess, were her quips? I mean, right. that's her thing. She's like funny. She's funny in every yeah, movie. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She's not she funny is. at all in this. Like, yeah. she's but, but, just but the it, hollow girlfriend. But I mean, I don't know too much about uh, her character uh-huh. in the comics. But at, at, if you're if you're trying to compromise the character itself uh-huh. for the star, you know what I'm saying? Trying to bring. Well, some there was already an outrage when she was cast because she she's was, not a uh, blonde. Or... Well, she was she's naturally a blonde, right. but everybody knows her as a redhead, and right. the character is blonde, so everybody mm-hmm. kind of freaked out about that. But yeah, but then you think, you know what? It's worth it because they have an actual an actual like a list celebrity filling uh-huh. this role. Yeah. Of course, they're gonna they're gonna expand the role or or you know somehow let her right <laughs> let her open it up a little and and they don't and it doesn't uh-huh. make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I know. I, you I, I, know why? Well, that's I guess a, at the time it wasn't, but uh-huh. her and Andrew Garfield are in a relationship. Yeah, and so there's that marketing thing. Like, I, I think they they became uh, a couple during, during the course the filming, of filming, yeah. so that wasn't going into it. But obviously, she's a big name, mm-hmm. and while he isn't a big name, or at least wasn't at the time, he was clearly someone who's like star was rising. So yeah. he had been. He's, uh, and I'm a big fan oh, of Oh, I love that guy. That's yeah. what disappointed me so much, is that I'm a fan of everyone involved in this movie. Yeah. I, I loved 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, great uh, movie. And you don't see too many movies like that. That was, a, as, as it says in the trailer, it's not a love story, it's a story about love. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, it's a story about love from the male perspective, which is something that's really unusual. Yeah. And in doing that movie, he he conveyed these relationship aspects from the male perspective in a way that had never been shown before. And yep. it, completely the faults of the male. Like, there were a lot of things that I, I looked in that movie and I saw, wow, that's really true. I, there are so many moments that rang true for me personally. Yeah. And not always in a positive way. Uh-huh. <laughs> So t- I, when I when I heard that he was going to be directing the new Spider-Man movie, I got excited because I thought, well, wow, this is someone who brings an emotional truth right. to his film. If he brings that to this next Spider-Man movie, that could be incredible. And he didn't. He brought nothing like that to it. Whoa. All he brought was the, the music video 
sheen to everything. Yeah. And I guess, but like at the same time, like like you said, I mean, Five Hundred Days of Summer is a uh, movie that kind of came out of nowhere, right? It was like an independent film. Yeah, it was. Right? It was. Yeah, it was. For so his that, that makes sense. Like when someone makes an independent film, they have a little bit more say in how they're gonna make the whole movie. You know, like that's their baby, pretty much. Yeah, right? but he he came onto the scene with that, and they went after him. Mm. It's like they the studio saw that he made this movie, and I guess the way they saw it was he made a movie, a cool movie for young people. Yeah, and that's what we want. We want Spider Man to be a cool movie for young people. Yeah, and the only thing that seemed to translate is the gloss that music video sheen mm. and the fact that there are young attractive people in it <laughs> yeah uh, I mean I, I I still imagine nevertheless that how much he, his hand is in the movie is a little restricted mm-hmm. because it's a Marvel movie it's a big budget movie I'm sure well that's I'm, I'm, I'm certain it is restricted plot wise but mm. if you're going to bring him in you're obviously yeah. bringing him in for his voice yeah I, I, yeah you're right you're right well yeah, it, it definitely had a, a bunch of problems. I thought it was okay. Um, it, I, it was really fun for me to watch overall. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it did a better job than the than the original uh-huh. Spider-Man movie as far as building Peter Parker's character and like watching him become Spider-Man. You know, learning how to use his powers and control his powers. Like that part was so much fun to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like you like when he's out there, he's like in his abandoned building and using a skateboard and all that stuff was so much fun. And just like. How it was kind of like a, a like how he kind of even got the idea to to use web as a, to sling around building mm-hmm. stuff was like in that scene he's um, and this is not like a big spoiler or anything but he's just like he 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 hangs onto some chains and just swings mm-hmm. you know so it's like it was kind of cool to see that transition from I'm messing around in this in this building getting a hold of, of these uh, superpowers and and then like. You know, watch him start swinging on this chain. It's like, oh man, like maybe this is something I can, you know, do too with my web. And like, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. thought that part was really cool, really well done. But I mean, yeah, I guess like there are definitely a bunch of plot holes and everything. And and some of the See, characters are I not that even, I don't care about the plot or the plot holes. Yeah. Like that, like that was mediocre. But mm-hmm. I didn't expect that to be mediocre. I thought Mark Webb was going to bring atmosphere. I thought he was right. going to bring character. Right, and that's, yeah, the and characters... That's where I think he failed. Like, right. I, I liked a lot of the little things they did. I liked the fact that his web now comes out of a web shooter, yeah. as opposed to out of his skin, yeah. or, uh, like, some kind of, you know, deformation that he had in the in the last Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I'm a, I like Dennis Leary. I mean, I, I don't like him that... I, I like him in movies, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not like a huge fan of his stand-up, but I like the his his manner, yeah. and I liked him a lot in this movie. Like, yeah, I everybody, did too. I there were so many too. good people. I mean, Sally Field it was in there. You you mentioned her. Yeah. Uh, she was Sheen. also an Academy Award nominated actress in, in the last year. So, yeah. it, it, and Martin Sheen, like this is an all-star cast, great cast. Yeah. And I don't know, it just fell so flat for me that I was it, I was so disappointed by it. Yep. To, for to see such mediocrity, mm-hmm. and I even I even disagree with the Andrew Garfield is better Spider Man than than Tobey Maguire, and I'm yeah. not a Tobey Maguire fan, and I love Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I just I, I think he I was really excited because when I saw the trailer, I thought, wow, he really does embody Spider Man better. Mm-hmm. Spider Man is that like, physically? You mean or, yeah, well, yeah, physically and like the quips and whatnot. Uh-huh. Like he's the guy who makes jokes as he's fighting crime. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, that really. He really locked in better, but overall, I think I, I if I think Spider Man, I'm going to think Tobey Maguire. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. Know. Not I, a fan. I, 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 I and then, so I mean, I'm exa- I'm I'm at zero now in terms of excitement for the sequel, which huh. is they're working on now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And well, I'm hoping they don't cross over with the Avengers eventually. It would be. Ni- I think it would be nice, like, to have a mini kind of uh, 
you know, like crossover, just like Andrew Garfield, not be a mm-hmm. big part of Avengers movie down the road. Yeah. But just like, it'd be nice to just have him there, maybe a couple scenes or something like that, you know? I mean, in that regard, he would be, the writer and director would be Joss Whedon, yeah. so you'd imagine they'd be used a little better. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, he could yeah. come up with some cool things for yeah. Spider-Man And especially, like you said, the kind of character that he is, too. You yeah. Know? Like this guy. The quippy guy. Right, yeah. Joss Whedon's thing. Right. Totally. But I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm just so uh, not sold on Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man right now that I'm just, I'd rather not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, diverging opinions. I don't think we usually have that kind of diverging opinion. Yeah, on, yeah that's on true. Stuff. Most of the time we agree on, like, on Usually stuff. we're both right instead of just <laughs> right. me. Instead of just you, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I, I still think people should, I mean, most everybody has probably watched it by now. But I still think it was it was worth a watch, uh, you know. Especially now it's it's a, a, on Netflix, so you can just get it off Netflix. Or yeah, you could throw it on in the background while you're doing something else, and <laughs> just don't be surprised if you focus more on that something else yeah. you're doing. I tell you what, though, I gotta say, I ha- I totally hated the bully part in the beginning. Really, I didn't mention it that. It was just so like over the top to me. It, it, it was absolutely like, was like he was gonna come murder on. him out yeah, there. Yeah, it was like. Come At the same like time, I do like where that went. I like that they didn't make him irredeemable. Right. They didn't make him a monster. Yeah. Like, when something real happened in Peter Parker's life, mm-hmm. he you immediately see the bully kind of, like, soften up and, and yeah. show oh, more yeah. that, that part kind of caught me by surprise, too, the, like, how that character progressed, the bully's yeah. character. But it's, but just the whole beginning part was just a little too much. Yeah. But, but yeah. It's it like was, he's just murdering people in the <laughs> school lunchyard. Yeah, it was just stupid. <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, we're gonna end the show talking, you know, talking about uh, a Marvel movie that's currently in theaters, Iron Man Three. Iron Man Three. The uh, movie directed by his name slips from my mind. Shane down. Black. Shane Black. That's right. Who the directed direct- Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He wrote and directed Kiss Kiss, yeah. Kiss, Kiss Bang Bang, but also wrote the Lethal Weapon, uh, the original Lethal Weapon, and uh, oh, yeah. you know had a he, he's written a lot of scripts. Yeah, and uh, this movie Scout, obviously, huh? Last Boy Scout. Oh right, yeah. I haven't seen that in years. Mm. Um, but this movie obviously has the return of uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, a bunch of familiar uh, faces from the, the the franchise, the Iron Man franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, John Favreau, too, is back, even though he's not directing this time. He's back as Happy, and he had a pretty you know uh, important part in the movie. Yeah, they expanded his role a little. Yeah. We watched this together, mm-hmm. right? Thursday night, midnight showing. And uh, it, for me, I, it totally didn't let me down. I, I really enjoyed it. It was nice kind of like redemption from part two for me, mm-hmm. which I was not a big fan of. This movie actually felt kind of like a Joss Whedon kind of film, too, as far as the dialogue and everything. Really? Yeah. Like, to me, I actually really liked the writing, you know, like that part of it. Uh-huh. You know, you got to see a lot of the the Tony Stark personality that we're, we've all grown to love. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that, especially with his... Uh, d- with that kid, the child character, uh-huh. like the, all, all that, the whole interaction there was a lot of fun. Um, a controversial character, controversial plot development, and we should probably clarify uh, where. What are we going to do with spoilers for this? Well, because there's some things at the end. I mean, we could do a spoiler section, of course. Okay, yeah. I maybe. mean, like the the kind of big stuff right. that happens at the end. Okay, uh, is worth discussing. So. All right, so yeah, maybe in the last couple of minutes we'll do some spoilers, but mm-hmm. for right now we'll keep it clean. All right. Yeah. So, what did you think overall? Overall, I don't know. I'm still kind of going over it in my head. I, I liked it. I walked out of the theater liking it. I enjoyed yeah. it certainly more than I did the sequel. Uh, it surprises me that you say you had like a uh, Joss Whedon feel to because for me, yeah. this felt like the most Shane Black movie. Yeah, <laughs> they oh, could well, have what? possibly made. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, that's true. But I, I guess what I wanted to say too is that they kind of have similarities in a way. Well, Shane Black is certainly darker with his his humor mm-hmm. uh, and not quite as quippy. Yeah. So I I feel like this movie was very much Shane Black mm-hmm. right from the get go. I mean, if you watch Lethal Weapon, the original Lethal Weapon, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then walk into this movie, it's like deja vu all over again. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a uh, you, it starts with a Robert Downey Jr. monologue, mm-hmm. exactly like uh, Kiss, like Kiss, 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 Bang, Bang. Bang. Yep. And the tone. I mean, it, it almost, to me, felt like Tony Stark was almost merging with the char- the main character from Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Uh-huh. He played him a little more neurotic than he has, and uh, a little darker. His humor is a little yeah. darker, but that's a Shane Black thing. I, I liked all of that. I mean, we should say that at the beginning of the movie... The Tony Stark's character has changed quite a bit from the last time we've seen him. This takes place right after the events of the Avengers, mm-hmm. or if not right after, I guess directly after. There's nothing really that's happened in between those two times. Right. And he's suffering from what appears to be post-traumatic stress disorder. Yep. He is having you know nightmares, and he's just staying up for days at a time. Anxiety attacks. Working on his uh, his things. Uh, and he's not sleeping. When he is sleeping, he's sleeping really poorly. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. It's he's a he's a wreck. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, development because obviously you see his character at the end of the Avengers go through some pretty extreme stuff and almost right. die. Yeah. So to see how that relationship, how that affects his relationship with Pepper Potts, Gwyneth Paltrow's character, was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the idea, I, I like what's at the core of this movie a lot, and that is Robert Downey Jr. outside of the suit. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be the theme for me of what this movie was. He wasn't, it, it got away from Iron Man being the guy in the suit with missiles and lasers on it, mm-hmm. to being Iron Man is... Tony Stark, the super genius engineer. Yeah. And so you see a lot of him tinkering. You'll, you you see a lot of his, you know, quote-unquote power usage being him making things that help him instead of just making a suit that he can wear. Yeah. And you see him throughout most of this movie, instead of fighting crime flying through the air, you see him as a detective. Mm-hmm. Through most of the movie, there's a crime and he's investigating it. Right. And so he's going from place to place investigating certain things, trying to figure out the mystery of it. Even in some instances when he gets into a jam, like, not relying on the suit, going full on MacGyver, yeah. like, figuring shit out in the spot, and, uh-huh. and that gets back to, like, the heart of who this character is. As a superhero, he, his superpower is not the suit. His superpower is that he's a genius. Right, you're right. He's, yeah. like, the smartest guy in, in, in any room he goes into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I really like that aspect. I really like that aspect, and I really like how dark the, the humor was. Yeah. Uh, there are moments when, as you said, I guess we, we're not going to we don't consider it a spoiler, there's a kid, a child introduced, a child actor. Mm-hmm. And he spends a lot of this movie with that kid. Yeah. And uh, that's been a, a controversial aspect of this film. A lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people hate this kid. Wow. Uh, I thought it was, I, I was one of those people who, would, when I saw him, I was like, oh God, I hope this isn't something that we stick with. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the way they handled that interaction yeah. totally softened that for me. Uh-huh. Like, as Tony Stark's character, like from the comic book, he's an alcoholic. He's got demons. He's very dark. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did. They they have said explicitly that they didn't want to make him an alcoholic yeah. as the series goes along. It's just one other subplot that they'd have to deal with that they have to deal with throughout all of the films, and they don't just don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the the PTSD, they were able to make him darker, yeah. and they were able to make give him demons, and they were able to kind of explore that aspect of the character. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a really good job. Yeah. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
couldn't have said it better. <laughs> why are you here, George? <laughs> right. Um, no, like, I, I don't understand why people would have a problem with that. Well, there are yeah, several things that I, I feel like might be spoilers mm-hmm. uh, that people had an issue with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was in regards to the use of the suit. Okay. Uh, how he uses a suit. Yeah. How the suit is used by others. Right. Uh, See, I, I thought that was kind of a interesting, fun part of it, too, you know? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess we would be getting that'd be kind of spoilers. And then there's the big, big, big one, and right. that is the use of the Mandarin. Yeah, which seems the to Mandarin be, thing. Of, did, yeah, which I thought was brilliant. Yes, I loved it. And and I mean, we might as well just go into to spoilers. You want it? No. Yeah. All right. Well, if you don't, if you don't listen to the rest of this, I guess, or if you want to fast forward to the end, uh, I guess I think we both recommend you see it if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. It, it was as I, I guess when I first watched it. Um, I was thinking maybe it was at the level of the first one. Maybe even I probably enjoyed it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, thinking about it a little bit more and watching the first one again, I the first one is my by far my favorite. Right. But this one is definitely close to that. Like it, it was on that level of enjoyment for me. That's why I was saying I'm still like kind of figuring out how I feel about it. I yeah. liked it a lot. It's not as fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't what I would describe as a fun movie. Which, even the second movie, which I wasn't a huge fan of, that was a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, the first Iron Man, of course, hugely fun. The whole thing's about just excitement and you having a good time. Yeah. The Avengers is a really fun movie. Uh-huh. This is a darker movie. Yeah. Uh, right. I wouldn't call it fun. It's funny. There mm-hmm. are, there are a lot of really funny moments in it. It's, I think it's good, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not, it's not fun. It's, it's not the same experience you're going to the movie, eat popcorn, and, and watch Iron Man do fun things. I mean, you're watching a guy who's... Taking a beating and is right. in a pretty dark place. Yeah, uh, being and it, a hero. I, I don't know. It, it does definitely have some fun elements to it, though. It's got fun elements, uh, but I wouldn't describe it as a fun movie. Okay, well, I guess. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're just gonna have uh, a few spoilers here. Like, what's something that you like? I actually like, like we said, how different characters ended up using the suit and everything. Yeah. Like, I like the way the, the they, big first they one, I guess, that. would be Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, that was really cool. That um, was that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. When the missiles are coming through his house, and then like he calls the. Uh, <laughs> The uh, his uh, prototype, I guess, was yeah. it the prototype? He, that was he his new prototype, and that was a big storyline throughout the film. The powering up of his prototype, yeah, uh, which I initially had questions about. I was like, well, his the whole whole point of his Iron Man suit is that it's powered by the core in his heart. Mm-hmm. The, the I forget what they call it, the power source, yeah, that he has in his chest to hold the shrapnel out. Right. Also powers his suits, uh, but yeah, it makes sense because the suit is now modular. It's got, you know, rocket boosters or whatever, and he has decoupled the powering of the suit from the chest piece, mm-hmm. uh, which to some degree is controversial because then it doesn't... Now the, the suit is not intricately linked to him as a person, yeah. but now it's something that just anyone can wear, and so what is the point of him being Iron Man? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that was, um, a, that was a big plot point in the film, like the suit running out of power and, and having to charge it up and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And once you do that, like the fact that he could send the suit in pieces mm-hmm. other places, and yeah. then in the beginning you see he sends it to Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. I, I actually found really interesting, because I know that there's a series of, of comics where where he does like in, insert some kind of like, he's kind of like computerizes himself in some way, you uh, know, like he, I don't know if you, you've heard of that. I've you, heard you like the nanomachines yeah. and, puts, and he does, it, you see him at the very beginning in plan. Right. And so like that was like, oh wow, like I, yeah, when, he, when I saw him doing that, I was like, oh wow, it's actually going to, you know, take that far from the comics, too, uh-huh. you know, like I was really interested to see in how he was going to use the suit, you know, when he, when he started, you know, injecting himself with these yeah. like, 
computer chips or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, it seems know? like what he's doing in this case was just so it can track him yeah. and it, it would use it, you know, to, to call it. Right. He could have, now he has, like, machinery inside of him. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm afraid, I know, like, in the comics, I think they go much further than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would be afraid to see that go much further in film. Yeah. Because the more you go down that road, the less realistic it becomes. Right, yeah. And the but they, I, they had a really nice balance there, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, where it was just enough that, you know, you, 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 you can kind of accept that. That's, you know, the way he's... Uh, a new way for him to wear the suit, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. they have to keep upping the ante as every movie goes yeah. along. That's right. understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I really... I like the way they ended up using the modular suit that mm-hmm. the arms can come off. Or, you know, there's a point when he's stuck under the rubble and the the, the arm shoots off his... Oh, yeah. Off one hand. When he's in the water. Yeah, and then grabs him and then it pulls him from the rubble. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a little strange that it wouldn't go to his other robotic arm. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. theoretically, it could just rip his arm out of his socket. That's true, yeah. <laughs> If he's stuck under rubble. <laughs> yeah. There was a couple of really cool twists in the movie, obviously with the Mandarin. Yeah. When you find out that uh, Ben Kingsley character is actually just an actor. Yeah. Like, I did not see that coming at all. Right. I didn't at all. And I don't yeah. think anybody did from right. what I've heard. From what I've read, people were just upset that the character was changed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a great reveal. Because yeah. they built him up to be, like, an amalgamation of all of our fears of mm-hmm. terrorists. Like yeah. Osama Bin Laden and... Basically every evil villain character, yeah. uh, to the point where you might have said after you walked out of the movie, it's like, oh, this guy's just a mashup of uh, of, of villain types. Yeah, uh, and then that that became the actual commentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what what I thought was it was going to get into was the Ten Rings, you know, something with the Ten Rings because uh, of like he was wearing the Ten Rings and everything, but nothing nothing of that ever got spoken. Right, about. which is why a lot of people are upset. It's like yeah. he wasted that because the Mandarin in the comic book is his his traditional arch villain uh-huh. uh, and he's got all this lore and all this stuff attached to him and people are like you just wasted that now that's yeah. gone you can't go back to that you took his his main guy which I don't have a problem with because the Mandarin character is a racist character uh-huh. everything about it is terrible I yeah. think and the rings I didn't buy it like I when you read yeah, the lore it's like oh this a, is terrible yeah this seems like something like you have to remember these comics were made like in the, the 40s and 50s and crap mm-hmm. so it's like yeah, of course they were racist and insensitive and <laughs> things you wouldn't like. What, really, the Mandarin character is like this, like, and he's uh, there's like the guy he is like a villain. He also works with it's like a dragon called like Fing Fong Ping Pong or something. Oh, really? I'm like, this is awful. Oh, wow. yeah, this is awful bad. stuff. <laughs> so like, why? Like, it's good to move away from that. I feel like Shane Black was too smart for something like that. Mm-hmm. They, I'm, I'm sure he saw the Mandarin character in the same way and thought, all right. Let me use that. Let me use it. This is a stereotype. Let me yeah. and flip that on its head. Yep. And I thought it was a brilliant, that, and brilliant yeah. the way Ben Kingsley played it. Oh, yeah, dude. Like he's so super amazing. villainous, <laughs> super imposing throughout uh-huh. the first half of the movie. Yeah. And then as soon as he switches, he's like this bumbling British actor who's yeah. like, "Hey, I just want to get high. This yeah. is a job." Right. That was great. That and was he, awesome. was, yeah, he was hilarious throughout. It, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I like Guy Pierce too. Uh, he was pretty good in this. Uh, Guy Pierce is the villain who like really just did not want to let go of being fronted by right. Robert right. Downey Jr. like 10 years ago, or like yeah, 20 like 15 years ago. Years be yeah. Um, yeah, that was really cool, like how they, Gwyneth Paltrow became like a total badass for a second, too. Uh-huh. Uh, See, I that I didn't like. You didn't like it? I yeah. thought it was awesome. At the end, like, you know what was going to happen as soon as he didn't catch her, which I thought was a, was a really cool 
a cool moment mm-hmm. when he says, you know, like she's stuck somewhere, she's stuck on that that crate or whatever in the box, mm-hmm. and he says, and, and he's laying beneath her, and he says, "Jump, and I'll catch you, I yeah. promise." And she jumps down, and he couldn't catch her. Yeah, I thought that was a great little character moment. Uh-huh. Uh, but then as soon as he didn't catch her, like you know, yeah, I, I knew, you know, they had been, be okay. they've been like giving her superpowers. Yeah, but like when she came back, that part was just really cool, mm-hmm. really well shot. When she uh, rips down the suit, you know, and uh, like. Puts the arm on and, and you know shoots what's his name in the face the Mandarin in the face like Guy that part Pierce. was just really cool yeah Guy Pierce yeah like that part was just really cool Rebecca fun. Hall was great oh yeah she was cool I love Rebecca Hall and everything yeah. I'm but a big Rebecca from Hall the ta- fan she was in the town she was in um, the town uh, she was in uh, Frost Nixon never seen that you never seen that nah oh, you host a film <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, it's a great cast great writing I mean, what did you think about the uh, the big finale the big big final fight scene when it's essentially he just calls in a bunch of suit robots yeah. to come in and do the fighting for him that was really part. cool I'll tell you what part I found really cool was how he's jumping from suit to suit yeah and how he can just exit out of the suit while like there's this one scene where uh, where he's fighting he's in a suit and he's fighting Guy Pierce, and he like Guy Pierce grabs his leg and he, he Tony Stark like ejects his leg right as he's chopping it off, and it's mm-hmm. like it's just so cool the yeah. way he kept that transitioning. suit hopping at the end yeah. was brilliant. Oh, and so it, much fun! It, yeah. it gave the uh, the necessary, as Dan Trachtenberg would describe it, swashbuckle. <laughs> the you know like the, the sword fighting and the, yeah. the jumping from ledge to ledge, that, like yeah. that type of stuff, like him flying from one suit to another, and like yeah. it gave it this kind of you know the swooping action scene that was really yeah. it was that that was really fun and really right. cool. But with the part that kind of piss me off at the end is when he just explodes all the suits I'm like what are you doing like those are millions of dollars like those those suits are worth millions of dollars and you're yeah. totally just destroying them this high tech all these high tech suits why well that that is something that uh, I I'm still conflicted about I mean the yeah. idea the way this movie ended mm-hmm. I feel like was just this pat he wrote that in five minutes. Uh-huh. It's like he he you get ninety five percent of the way through the movie, and then it's yeah. like we destroy all the suits, and then there's the big twist uh-huh. where well uh, the, you see Gwyneth Paltrow get powers at the end of the movie, yeah. and then he just explains it away in yeah, one line dialogue. Yeah, like, well, well, we fixed it. He's like, like, he's like I, I told her, her I'd fix her problem, and I did. I fixed yeah. it. Yeah, it's right. like she's not doesn't have superpowers anymore, and she's not gonna die. All done. And then I decided. Uh, let me get that shrapnel out of me too. Why not? Let's do that. Yeah. And then like a, a two seconds go by of him in an operating room, and boom, he's done. The yeah. entire thing that's been defining his character for the first two movies is done in an instant. Yep. And there has been some speculation that the reason they're doing that is to separate Robert Downey Jr. from the Iron Man character. Mm-hmm. So if in the future he doesn't sign out because his contract's up, yeah. If he doesn't sign on to do more movies they could theoretically replace him with someone else and, like, kind of keep the story going. Just like, hey, there's a new Iron Man now. Yeah. There's, like, a, you know, Bob Rigson is the new... <laughs> yeah. Happy, Happy is the new Iron Man. Uh-huh. Or maybe Don Cheadle's the new Iron Man. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? They can do it with within the lore. Mm-hmm. I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it did kind of just end too quickly. Yeah, like, they just kind of... It's like, how could you just wrap up these lines. huge things? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't With know. a little line of dialogue. But maybe it's like they're just kind of like, oh, I fixed her up. But in a like in a way, he's 
they don't want to get too in detail with it because maybe she still has something going on that will come into play later. Yeah, or they could decide to use it. But right, I mean, yeah. the, the way it seemed, it was it seemed pretty definitive. It seemed like, well, she's yeah. fixed and I'm fixed. Yeah, and I don't know. When but now it, you know they prepared him. Not now that he no longer has that power source. It, it now the suits are now charged up independently. They prepared mm. that storyline yeah. so he could just do this new suit thing. I guess. Yeah, I don't know what his next move is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's it, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I thought it was funny. I, I thought it was funny the amount of similarities it's had to other Shane Black stuff from the voiceover. Uh, there's the after credit, the great after credit. Oh, right, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, you, they start out the film with him explaining the story to you mm-hmm. uh, in a voiceover, but then it's revealed in the after credit sequence that he's not actually explaining the story to you. Yeah, he's explaining the story to Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Yeah, which I thought was a great little moment. Yeah, it was to it get was those nice. two guys back together again yeah. because at the end of the Avengers, you see them right off like yeah. they're buddies now. Yeah. So, was, so they are buddies. They do hang yeah. out and talk. It's and cool stuff like to that. see him yeah. just kind of hang out and dump his problems on Bruce <laughs> yeah. Banner. Yeah. And yeah. it's always great because I'm a big Ruffalo fan. All right, that was so, a nice little after credits uh, moment. Yeah, Worth I like. I think it's a good after credit. There's two reasons you should do an after credit sequence, and that's to mm-hmm. set up the next thing or to recontextualize something you had seen earlier. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that successfully it didn't set up anything in the future. Yeah, uh, which I don't know what Shane Black would have his say in the future. So this probably makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the idea that he recontextualized that opening monologue with a little post credit thing. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Man, yeah, seriously, if you guys haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you have to check the movie out. Yeah, just that movie's brilliant. Great, really great movie. Val Kilmer's in that, too. Just a lot of fun. And what's your name, too? Um, the actress. Who's the lead actress in that? Michelle Monaghan. Michelle Monaghan, who's, who's just a lovely gal. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, check that out. Yep, I think that's it. Um, Actually, I, I wanted to say, too, like, I love the credits, too. Like, I love the, the ending credits. Like, just, like, the music and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. It was, like, kind of like a... Almost like a seventies kind of uh, action movie kind of vibe. Yeah, to it, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was I had really forgotten cool. them. I'm not yeah, that was really cool. Me. And they incorporated like a lot of scenes and stuff, clips from uh, the first couple of movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really well done. <laughs> Anyways, that's about it. Uh, no. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, remember that you can find our show on iTunes and subscribe there. Leave us a review. And also our website, somecinema.com. Subscribe there. And email us if you have any thoughts on the show or anything that we talk about on the show. Email us at podcast at somecinema.com. We're on Facebook, on Twitter, as Mike said earlier. And, uh, yeah. Just see our differing opinions on Twitter. Right, yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you later.
Hey, it's me again. Did you leave us a rating and review on iTunes? Did you tell a friend about the show? Well, I'm waiting.